stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right... They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Open Red, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. My name is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision, and alongside of me, Mr. Nick Graziano. Nick, how was your time on the road this week? It was not bad. It was nice to get out there and see all the sprint crew people again and have some fun playing uh, sprint car PR coordinator again for a couple of races. <laughs> that had to be fun for the PR god to get back out in the field? Yeah, it was fun. Um, as I've told people before, social media is not my favorite thing. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm great at Twitter, but it was fun to just get back out there and kind of get back into the grind of things again, kind of remember what that was all like, and be happy that I don't have to write a race recap at 3 in the morning anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, at least some of the races that you got out to see were pretty good, so the, that was good. Um, I enjoy the races this weekend. Yeah, I had a fun time, at least. Uh, it was cool to see sprint cars up close and personal again and kind of be in the middle of all the action of what happened. Um, I'd never been to Nebraska or IED before, so that was a new experience for me. That was fun. You didn't go to either of those places when you were full-time with the series in 2019? Well, well, we didn't, we went to IED last year, but I was stuck in, uh, where was I, Kansas City being sick, so I had to cover mm. it from Dirt Vision. Um, I did go to Black Hills before. I have been there before. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that sucked when when you got sick last year and we didn't have you out there. But at least you're doing better, and uh, that's good. Yep, I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm not <laughs> sick this time. I made it. Yes, yeah, so you finally got to go and cross that one off the list. So that's good. Um, another thing we just crossed off the list was uh, another fun interview. Yeah, this was really cool. Uh, Justin Marks, uh, it was fun to have him on, talk sprint car racing. Um, some people might know or maybe not know he was part owner of a sprint car team with Kyle Larson, uh, Larson Marks Racing. Uh, I believe they formed it in about 2013. Then Justin left and sold it off to Kyle in uh, 2018, I believe or so, and became Kyle Larson Racing. Justin went off to do some sprint car racing, or uh, sorry, um, IMSA racing, uh, sports car racing is what I meant to say, um, of his own. I think he's, he's got a win at Watkins Glen, the sports car. He's got an Xfinity win at Mid-Ohio uh, with Chip Ganassi. Obviously, everybody knows he's also owner of Trackhouse and NASCAR. They're he's buying Chip Ganassi racing, which just yep. down the road here. So he'll be actually be just down the road here. Um, and he gave uh, some fun little insight into, huh, maybe we'll see a, a Trackhouse sprint car team at some point. Yeah, that would, that would be cool. And it's kind of the whole reason... Why we had this idea to have him back on was seeing him stay involved with sprint car racing. I don't know if, if any of you out there remember, but uh, Trackhouse, his cup team, was on the on the wing as the sponsor of Shane Stewart's car at the Knoxville Nationals this year. So uh, that was cool to to see him still involved and and still involved with with a friend there. Obviously, they became must have become friends, of course, and beca became great friends. So that was that was awesome to see them continuing to work together this year. He and he and Shane Stewart, and yeah, and apparently we we never know what the the future may hold. But that was it's a fun interview that we're going to get to here uh, mo momentarily. Uh, he's just a smart mind. 
You yeah, know? you know, uh, with him comes uh, Mr. Worldwide too. We can get people yeah. to sprint car race. How about that? Oh, you know, we should have asked him about that. Yeah, I, I figured we, I figured we need to make it more about him. We'll, we'll ease him in. Yeah. Then, then when he starts his team again, then we'll bring him back on. And be like, oh, we got to bring the other part owner in too. You know. Yeah, but this is the fun part, when, and and you'll hear it when you listen to this interview. Is um, he pays attention to every form of racing, uh, just because he's not uh, a current owner of a World of Outlaws team doesn't mean he's not paying attention to sprint car racing. Uh, you know, he's he's paying attention to everything. He's a really smart mind, really well spoken, and and fun to speak to. So uh, we're we're gonna get to that interview momentarily. This interview, of course, is presented by our friends from Manscaped, but we'll hear more about them later on. So first, uh, we will get right into it uh, with Justin Marks. Uh, joining us today is Justin Marks. Obviously, uh, a lot of you might know him as the owner of uh, Trackhouse in the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, he also was a sprint car team owner with Kyle Larson at one point, too. Uh, for some people that may not know that, Justin, kind of talk about how that uh, came to be. I believe, believe it was about 2013 or so you and uh, Kyle joined up and uh, started uh, Larson Marks Racing. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always wanted to be, uh, you know, be an owner in this sport. And, and, you know, the world of outlaws, dirt racing is something, it's what I grew up watching. And really going to the dirt races is what kind of instilled the love of racing in me at a young age. And, you know, around sort of 2012, 2013, I uh, started giving some thought to team ownership and thought the world of outlaws would be a great place to do it. Um, just the racing is so compelling and, and the fan base and, and, uh, you know, a little bit uh, smaller of an enterprise and starting a NASCAR team at the time for me. So, um, you know, this is right when, when Kyle was, was basically kind of on his way to the cup series and, and was spending a lot of time out at the GoPro motorplex. So, um, so I just went to him and said, look, man, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a team. I know that your, your NASCAR career is getting started. You're, you're going to end up running dirt a little bit less. And, and, you know, was just curious if it was something that, you know, he'd be interested in, in doing with me if I built the business and, and, you know, blueprinted everything and he could, you know, find some great people for us, which he did. So, um, so yeah, it was a great experience for both of us. We won a lot of races and had a lot of fun and, and, uh, you know, get, got a lot of experience, both of us on the business side of, of the racing world. Your driver at the time, obviously was Shane Stewart. And I think that's the, one of the main reasons why we wanted to have you on here is because Shane Stewart ran the, the Knoxville nationals with track house on the wing and on the car. And that was, that was pretty cool to see a, a reunion of sorts there between uh, you and Shane. So what was that like for you, get, I guess, kind of restarting that, that uh, sort of business relationship there with Shane and putting Trackhouse, your, your new team, uh, on the wing of a sprint car? I mean, it was awesome. I, you know, when I when when I sold Larson Marks Racing to Kyle, you know, it was not it was not me, you know, sort of walking away from from dirt racing permanently or anything like that. I mean, I I it was the right thing to do at the time for some of the other business stuff that I had going on, and and but I always, uh, you know, wanted to continue being involved, and I think I will continue to be involved in some capacity in the sport. And um, you know, Shane's a good friend of mine, and uh, you know, I've I've got a lot of respect for him as a man, and and you know, his talent behind the wheel. And when he told me he was going racing again, I I immediately just thought it'd be a really cool opportunity to to kind of come back and have a little bit of skin in the game and at the Knoxville Nationals, which I think is truly one of the great racing events in the world. And um, so we talked a little bit about that, and and um, you know, talked to Bernie and everybody, you know, people at uh, Indy Race Parts, and and you know. We, but track house on the car I and mean, not, not really any, any, you know, specific promotional plan or anything to advertise or anything like that. I just wanted to 
just to support Shane and his return and knew that he would, he would uh, give that 71 car a really good run and, and uh, you know, skin in the game. So it was, it was, uh, it was fun to come back uh, just for a week. Definitely. It was cool to see uh, people who used to be involved come back and still be involved. And it's cool to have uh, you be involved with sprint car racing, obviously with everything you're doing in the Cup Series right now as well, uh, growing that team. Uh, kind of talk about how uh, Trackhouse formed, what is Trackhouse, and kind of what your plans are for that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I haven't been I haven't been shy about the fact that I, I you know, my goal for the Trackhouse brand is is to be involved in, in you know, all different forms of racing. And, uh, you know, I mean, this I want to build a great racing company and, and be involved in a lot of different things. And, you know, right now, obviously, we're we're pretty hot and heavy with you know, building this, this NASCAR Cup Series team, fielding two cars next year. Um, but, but, you know, Trackhouse has made other little investments along the way, obviously, in Knoxville, but you know, made an investment in the Music City Grand Prix IndyCar race in Nashville and, uh, you know, looking at a couple of other things right now. So, I mean, I think long-term Trackhouse is something that can scale across a lot of different types of racing. I think motorsports is in a, is in a great spot right now. And, and, you know, there's a, uh, you know, there's a lot of confidence in the future of the industry, I think. And, and, but there's a lot of change right now too. And change, you know, comes with opportunity. So, um, you know, if one day Trackhouse has a, you know, an IndyCar team or a World of Outlaws team or anything like that. I mean, I think it'd be it'd be really great to explore those different avenues. Obviously, they have to they have to make business sense, and it's got to be a compelling program for our partners. But you know, if if Trackhouse can be a brand uh, that's diverse and competes in a lot of different forms of racing, then we've got a marketing platform that we can find value for any sponsor, any company, uh, depending on what type of racing they want, what type of people they want to they want to promote their products and services too. And, and I think the more diverse and, and um, you know, the more, uh, the more, the more areas that track house is competing, but you know, the better we can, we can uh, have a product to satisfy that. So, um, so I'm excited about our future. I mean, I think it'd be, it'd be really, really cool to, to expand the brand across different forms of racing. With as, with as many areas of racing that you've just mentioned, what made the last few years, uh, what made that time right for you to, to want to become an owner at the highest levels of motorsport? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, speaking specifically with the cup series, you know, obviously this, this new car that, that they're bringing in 2022 represents an opportunity for teams to come in and, and compete in a way where, you know, if they, if they're efficient enterprises and they invest in their people and their process and build a great team, they can have success rather than, basically just try to have the most money. Uh, so that, that was, that was, you know, interesting to me because I felt like it was a window of opportunity to come in and be able to compete. But when you look across racing in general, you know, there's a lot of change happening right now, but, you know, looking at it sort of at a wider view, I mean, there, there are a lot of owners in this sport that are, you know, towards the end of their careers. And so I think you're going to see a huge change in the ownership demographic in the next three to five years in professional motorsports. And, you know, I just sort of recognize that opportunity there. Um, you know, dirt racing is really, really healthy. And that's why, you know, we started Larson Marks racing is just, you know, there's just sellouts just about every night at the world of outlaws race, you know, IndyCars television viewership is up. NASCAR is going to the new car. There's a new homologation coming to endurance sports car racing that's going to attract a lot of new manufacturers into the sport. So there's just a lot of opportunity. And with an aging ownership base, um, 
you know, that's that's the the time to be able to take a real hard look at this industry and, and come in in a big way, which we're doing. Do you remember the moment, obviously you said you grew up watching World of Outlaws, uh, sprint car racing, really enjoyed it, but do you remember the moment where you thought, you know, I, I'd like to own a team here, I'd like to be a part of this as an owner? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that that probably evolved over my career as a driver. Um, you know, I, I I grew up in a in a household that was a pretty entrepreneurial household. My father started businesses and operated businesses, and so I always was interested in the business side of it. But I mean, that all just comes from the passion that I have for competition and for racing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can tell you the moment that, that I knew this was going to be a big part of my life. My grandfather took me to the Knoxville nationals in 1996 and I was 15 years old and, uh, he lived in uh, Keokuk, Iowa and we drove out there. And I remember the first time watching those world of outlaws cars hot lapped on Saturday early in the evening. And, and I, it was just a moment for me where I just, I saw that and thought, man, this is, uh, you know, it's a life sentence now. I mean, I'm, I'm probably I'm probably in this thing forever. But really, as my racing career evolved and I started putting marketing programs together and saw just how well these sponsorships worked for these companies, it it kind of you know ignited an interest in my head to uh, to you know keep keep my eyes on the business side of it. I, I knew that I wasn't really going to race sort of forever, and and you know, approaching 40 years old kind of felt like the right time to start start getting more involved with the business side of it if I was really going to have a place in the sport for the next 20 years. So so I would just say that it evolved a little bit over time, but I'm just as passionate today about these these racing events and these race cars as I was when I was 15 years old. That's, that's for sure. I feel like when I listen to you speak, whether it's with us right now over the last few minutes or when I hear you do your appearances with Dave Moody on Sirius XM NASCAR radio, I feel like you're the type of person that doesn't like to leave any sort of unfinished business uh, behind when you maybe step out of a, a business venture for a short period of time and then probably come back. Like, Do you feel like you have any sort of unfinished business in the sprint car world, in the world of Outlaws world? Um, well, we didn't win a Knoxville Nationals and we didn't win a championship, so the short answer is yes. <laughs> um, but we, we, won, we won a lot of other races and, and we had a lot of success and delivered a lot of value for our partners at GoPro and Enios and Chevrolet and and um, so you know I'm I'm definitely proud of proud of what we accomplished, uh, but but I do miss it. I mean I'm not gonna lie, and it's still a World of Outlaws race is still really some of my favorite racing to to watch and be a part of. It's so exciting. It delivers on so many different levels, and and so I would say you know the the door is certainly not closed um, on a return to that series at some point. I mean I don't think it's in the imminent future just because. We've got so much going on with Trackhouse on the NASCAR side right now, but but that door is definitely open. Uh, and I think one of the things that that I'm proud that proud that we've been able to do uh, is you know just about every venture, you know, business we started or race team has been you know the result of 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 you know thinking really strategically and not just shooting from the hip, but being methodical about the moves that we make. And we started Larson Marks Racing at a, at a special time in Shane's career, in my career, and in Kyle's career, and won something like 35 or 38 eight World of Outlaws A mains in the three and a half years we had that team. So, um, so I mean, I, you know, we've made good decisions. And I definitely think that a return to the series is plausible, but it'll be at the right time for the business. 
Yeah, that'd be really cool to see. Always fun to see uh, owners coming in and, and coming back and getting involved in just new teams forming. That'd definitely be uh, fun to have you guys back eventually. Oh, obviously, you're one of the rare people to say they've owned an World of Outlaw team and a NASCAR team. How do how do those two compare in any way? And what is that? How would you, um, I guess, assess owning a World of Outlaw team compared to a NASCAR team? Yeah, it's just a totally different business. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's you know, we on the NASCAR side, there's it's just so much more intricate of a business. And you've got different, you know, business units within the company and there's a lot of pressure and you know, we've we we've signed a, a big long term uh, deal with Chevrolet to be a key partner of, of that company and, and that comes with pressure to perform and you know, we're gonna have over a hundred people working at the company and, and so it's it, it, it operates very much like a large company. Um, and so there's you know, there, there's a lot of a lot of things to do around engineering and finance and budgeting and logistics and all that and you know, World of Outlaws team is is kind of just like a small family. I mean, I, you know, we had four people, um, at Larson Marks racing and, and, um, you know, it's just, just the, the pacing, the pacing of the year and everything is, is just so different. So, I mean, I, I think that they're, you know, equally, um, they're equally fun for me, uh, because I like preparing a race car and putting on the racetrack in capable hands and seeing what it can do. Uh, but you know, the NASCAR thing is a lot more like a business. The world of outlaws thing is just, you know, we were just a, we were just a couple of kids that want to go to the racetrack and race and win and try to win the money. So, um, but made that really, really fun, but you know, hard, hard work. I mean, you know, NASCAR racing is, is for a lot of people, it's kind of a nine to five. Um, whereas, you know, world of outlaws is, is, as you guys know, it's a grind right. and uh, it's a lot of hard work, um, but a lot of fun. Uh, what thinking back on your time with Larson Marks and, and with Shane as your driver, what, what would you think is maybe your fondest memory of, of being an owner with the world of outlaws? You know, for me, it was, it was our group of guys. It was just spending time with our guys. It was working through, uh, difficulties and coming out the, the other side, a, a better, uh, better group of people. I mean, I'm, I'm somebody that all me, I mean, the wins have been great. I mean, and we had some great ones. I mean, Kings Royal, Ironman 55, I mean, we won our first world of outlaws race that we entered, which was pretty amazing. And those are, those are great. I mean, those trophies and those checks are great, but for me, it's always been about the relationships and, and, you know, we, we had great, I mean, spending time with Shane and great times with, with Scotty and Heath and Andrew Siemens and, and the some of the great people that, that came and go, came and went. And, and, you know, I, I those guys continue to be good friends of mine and people that I respect. And so, you know, cultivating that relationship, working hard together and achieving success together was definitely a highlight for me. I don't, I know you've been pretty busy. I don't know how many races you've got to see this year, but maybe just for fun, uh, hypothetically, when uh, you'd like to start a team, if you're looking now, who do you like now? Who do you think you'd want to hire now if you had to oh, choose wow. <laughs> today? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm, I mean, I'm a big, well, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Gravel. I'm a big fan of Sheldon. Um, I think Carson's having an awesome year, yeah. really, really showing what he's capable of right now. Um, and, you know, when, when, when Kyle Larson, after LMR, when Kyle Larson racing started, I was a, a sponsor of that team with um, with Carson and so I was able to follow his career. But, but I mean, you know, somebody young and somebody hungry um, – and wanting to really make a name for themselves in the world of outlaw series and isn't using it as, as a stop along the way. Maybe right. they want to go NASCAR racing or they've got eyes somewhere else, but you know, somebody, someone like a Sheldon show, David gravel has been pretty committed to the world of outlaws and will for a long, uh, long period of time. But 
um, yeah, I mean, those are the guys I like, just the young elbows up, you know, guys that just love dirt racing. Um, but when that day comes for me, comes, you know, for me, whenever it might come, uh, it might be a different group of people. We might elevate a younger guy from a 360 car or from the all-star series or something, or, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. But for right now, there's just so much talent in dirt racing. Talent runs so deep. And, um, I don't know, maybe I'll call Larson. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, Justin, we, we don't want to take up too much of your time. We know you're on your way to the airport. So thank you so much for joining us. And I, I think I can speak on behalf of all of us here and uh, honestly in dirt racing that we just love it when you still get the chance to be a part of it like uh, like this past August at Knoxville and seeing the track house name and colors on the side of Shane Stewart's car was really cool. So thank you very much. Uh, and uh, this was great. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And that was a really fun interview with Justin and just hearing um, how he's still staying involved in all forms of motorsports, really. It's cool. It'll be really cool to see him back in sprint car racing more, but it's cool to see someone like that just kind of create such a, a fun business that highlights every little aspect of motorsports, too. Yeah. I mean, it, it, his goal from what I've heard him say, you know, even though they just purchased uh, Chip Ganassi Racing and I think for next year their plan is to use that shop. But his his goal in the future, like he said, he wants it to be a brand. Right. And he wants to headquarter that brand uh, in Nashville and have a shop based out of Nashville. It would be really, really cool to see uh, a couple cup cars, uh, a World of Outlaws sprint car. Maybe uh, a, a prototype for for IMSA sports car racing, yeah, all right. coming out of the the same shop at Nashville. I think that would be really really awesome. It's fun to hear who he thought he would hire at the time or what his plan is. Just 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 kind of that that fun thing of this show that he's still watching. He still knows what's going on. He's still in tune with everything. So it's cool to see someone like that um, just give back to racing in such a huge way. Really, a reunion between he and Kyle Larson would be very very cool. Uh, however, I don't think we're ever going to see Kyle get out of that 57 car with Paul. I mean, unless they just make that a track house car. That's <laughs> that, true. That could just you be could the track that. house 57 car. That's true. You could do that. I mean, we've all heard it in the past that at some point uh, before Kyle's career is over, he wants to run a full season with the Outlaws and contend for a championship here. So that would be a really cool reunion. That'd be fun. I mean, I think uh, we'd all pay money for that. I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think that would be awesome. Um, so, super cool of Justin to join us today. Uh, obviously, really, really busy guy, and we didn't want to take up too much of his time as he was uh, actually headed to the airport uh, as we were speaking with him. So, um, thank you to him for, for coming on and joining us today. And uh, now we're going to turn our attention to the races from this past weekend. But before we do that, uh, we promised you a word from our sponsors at Manscaped. Of course, uh, they're Brand new lawnmower 4.0 is on the market, and you can get that as part of their performance package 4.0 if you head to manscaped.com. Uh, and if you use the promo code OPENRED20, you will get 20% off plus free shipping on your order of the entire performance package, uh, which is a great deal. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, you get, you know, you've got some holidays that'll be creeping up here shortly, so that might be uh, something good to get somebody. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, that's uh, 20% off plus free shipping if you head to op- or manscaped.com and use the promo code OPENRED20. Uh, once again, that's manscaped.com. Use the promo code OPENRED20 to get yourself 20% off plus free shipping of the new Performance Package 4.0 featuring the new Lawnmower 4.0 uh, at Manscaped. So thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring today's show again. And now, as I said, we will turn our attention to this past weekend, which we started off with on Friday night at I-80 Speedway in Nebraska. 
yeah, it was a really fun race. Uh, Donnie Schatz got the win, which uh, to maybe many people's surprise, that was his first World of Outlaw win at I-80 Speedway. That was a surprise for me. I mean, at this point. I mean, we've been there about, I think this was our 33rd visit there, and his best finish was second. Also, they had some really fun races that people might have seen, uh, some fun slide jobs between him and uh, Dan Sowski in past races, but now he finally got it done. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think, you know, he's a 10-time series champion, 10-time Knoxville Nationals champion, multi-time Kings Royal winner. Uh, It's crazy to think that there was still a first uh, on his list to check off. Yeah, really, it's uh, crazy that there are still little milestones for him to uh, kick off uh, and add to his uh, resume. But it's fun. He's been getting him this year. He got win 300 and now win I-80. He and the TSR team seem to have figured something out uh, pretty much since he was on with us. It seems like their performance has really started to tick upwards. Uh, it's been a lot faster, a lot more consistent, so that's good to see. Yeah, he said that they found something with uh, the Ford motor that fits him now. So whatever issues they had, uh, apparently they got it tuned to his liking, and it's it's showing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Win there, and then uh, second at uh, Black Hills that we'll talk about here shortly, too. Yeah, he's been an, uh, a, a lot faster, a lot more consistent. So as we said, Donnie Schatz got the win on Friday night at I-80 Speedway in Greenwood, Nebraska. Uh, he held off Sheldon Hoddenshield to score the victory. Sheldon finished second. Carson Macedo rounded out the podium. James McFadden finished fourth, and David Gravel in fifth. Brock Zierfoss with a great run finished in sixth. Giovanni Selzy seventh. Logan Schuhart eighth. Brad Sweet in ninth. And Jacob Allen in tenth. Uh, that's a, a pretty pretty interesting top ten there. The, I think the most interesting thing for me is seeing the 49 car finish in ninth. Yeah, it was kind of a off day for him. He's won there. Uh, the last guy actually entering the race, he was the only driver in the field that even had a win at I-80. So I kind of expected him to maybe perform a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, it seems like it's um, like we t- talked about it. I think maybe last episode uh, that it seems like they've been off a little bit since yeah. um, Knoxville Nationals. Obviously, he kind of killed that thought at River City getting the win there but still it's kind of that it seemed like an up and down there's not that consistency they had at the beginning of the year yeah a little bit more peaks and valleys into their performance lately since about the Knoxville time uh your lap leaders on the night Carson Macedo led laps 1 through 10 and Donnie Schatz led laps 11 through 30 your KSE hard charger award went to James McFadden who gained six spots uh, and that was a, a nice run there for him. Six spots to go from 10th to 4th, and then uh, we turn the page to Sunday night. I'll say real quick, I don't know if it, uh, they caught it on uh, Dirt Vision or not, because obviously I was at the track watching, but man, there was one hell of a war from, I believe it was like 4th to 7th between James, uh, Gravel, uh, Zierfoss, and Selzy. Those guys were just going at it. Just yeah. wheel to wheel, slide job after slide job. Just that, that was a fun battle to watch throughout the field. Yeah, it was a really, really good race. I thought the racing throughout the field was was really solid that night. There were times where we didn't really know. Uh, I think producer Zach didn't really know what, what to show because it looked like the battle for the lead could heat up at any second. And then at the same time, you were watching these guys, like you said, just absolutely wage war and throw down uh, a little bit deeper into the field. So it was like, do, do we go here or yeah, do we go back I up front? Imagine. And every time it looked like the battle for the lead was about to heat back up, then he would go. We would go back to the front, and then it would fizzle a little bit, and then we go back to that battle. And it was it was hard to to do our best to not not miss anything there. Um, but you know, you do what you can do. But it was a fun race um, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And out of Black Hills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can, anyway. 
<laughs> you can flip-flop uh, the two first and second place runners from Friday to Sunday. Sheldon Hoddenshield got the victory on Sunday night over Donnie Schatz, who finished in second. David Gravel finished in third. Logan Schuhart, fourth. Brad Sweet, fifth. Brock Zierfoss, sixth again. Carson Macedo, seventh. Craig Kinzer, eighth. Uh, Travis Reber in ninth, and James McFadden finished in tenth, which is uh, really impressive uh, for McFadden to pull off a top ten because of the fact that he had that wild wreck in the, in the feature that night. It just goes to show you that Sunday was a, a bit of a battle of attrition there. We had tires popping, uh, I think, dude, maybe some rocks or something. Um, it, it was just a, a, it was a, a rough, rough race. Everybody saw it. It, it was it was, it was one, one where everyone yeah. earned their money in that field. Yeah, it was... Uh, Everybody saw it. It was what it was. Unfortunately, there was some uh, had to, some late track work that had to be done, and things got started a little bit later. And uh, we were able to run through the program, and uh, Sheldon pulled off the win. I mean, he was a rocket ship. Yeah, he was. Man. And that was after an engine change too for that team. Yeah, right, right uh, after uh, Motor Heat, they had to do that really quick, and then they were good the rest of the night. And like it, it was crazy just to watch how fast that car was. I mean, uh, he had that quick little battle with Donnie at the start. Uh, they kind of traded slide jobs one and two figured out who was going to go where sheldon cut underneath him grabbed the lead once sheldon had the lead he was just gone gone i mean there was uh like you said there are a few cautions for cut tires uh the, we looked everywhere you know the, the officials were all over the track there was no debris it was just kind of one of those unfortunate freak things uh it wasn't rubber down they weren't uh balding the tires or anything like that so just kind of a, a an unfortunate race um in that situation but I mean, Sheldon was just every restart. He looked like he just had like ten more horsepower. He could just throttle down and just go. I think the craziest thing from this night that I'm going to take away from it as a memory was literally on the same lap. You have three cars related to Casey Kane Racing, whether that's the the '83 Roth car for for Casey, the nine of McFadden and the '49 of Brad Sweet, all pull off. At the same exact time. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was like, the weirdest like, thing. I mean, under green, you've got the 9 and 49 pulling in the pit, into the pits together. Uh, and then Casey, I think maybe five seconds before that, pulled off at the, the turn one side of the pits uh, to, to get out of the way. It was just... The, the oddest thing, it almost looked for a second like we were actually NASCAR racing and about to do green flag pit stops <laughs> yeah, the way right. the 49 and the 9 pulled off together. It was so weird. Yeah, a little bit of a stressful uh, few moments for the KKR team there. Yeah, but, uh, you but know. Salvaged the... a, a top five for Brad. Um, didn't lose too many points. He's still, I think, 120 points ahead of Gravel. Yep. And I got to tell you, I don't know how he pulled that off. Because taking the white flag, Brad was seventh. And it looked like he was a solid five car lengths back of the person in front of him for sixth. And then somehow at the line, he's in fifth. I don't know how he did it. Uh, it was really impressive. But, you know, again, that's the, the kind of night that makes them champions. You know, you have a, a not-so-great run, and somehow right at the end you still pull out a fifth-place finish. Yeah, exactly. Good to have some momentum going into uh, the West Coast swing here coming up, so I'm sure he's pretty excited for. Yeah, he's got some good tracks coming up out there. Um, so that'll be cool. We hit the West Coast for the first time since 2019. Yep. This weekend... Uh, in Washington with a, a triple header at Skagit, so that's pretty cool. And then we follow that up uh, immediately. It's a it's a four night weekend this weekend. 
with three nights at Skagit and then one night at Gray's Harbor Raceway. Yeah, something new and fun uh, Skagit's looking to do. Uh, they started the uh, Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals this year. It's now a three-night race. It'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I believe that's September 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Uh, 10,000 win on Friday and Saturday, and 25,000 win nice. on Sunday. Uh, 1,000 to start every night. So I think I believe it's like almost a $200,000 purse throughout three races. So uh, a, a cool, fun, big event just to kick off the West Coast Swing. Yeah, that, that's not bad at all. That wouldn't be a bad payday if you pull out all three wins. I'm sure uh, Logan Schuhart's looking forward to it. He swept uh, Skagit the last time we were there in 2019, so I think yes, he'd he like did. to win all three now yeah. this year. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad for him. Uh, closing up on... Um, I just, I'm blanking. <laughs> <laughs> closing up on the weekend. That's where I was trying to head with that sentence. Uh, closing up on the weekend, the last note, uh, your lap leaders uh, from Sunday night. Nick, I don't even know why you put the S on the word leaders there, because there was only one. It was Sheldon Hodenshield. He led laps 1 through 25 on Sunday to score the victory and the $10,000 check. And boom, that's it from this past weekend. Yeah, that was it. It was uh, That was some racing, and now we move on to more racing. <laughs> we sure do. Uh, the points battle looks pretty much the same it did the last time we spoke except it's a different person in second uh the gap is 120 points but now it's david gravel in second behind brad sweet by 120 carson macedo is 160 points back in third donnie shots is fourth sheldon Hoddenshield is fifth uh you know even as strong as don has been lately it goes to show you that it's so much easier to lose points than it is to make them up because brad is still that consistent even when things aren't going that great donnie's still 222 points back uh, of Brad Sweet uh, sitting there in the fourth in points. Right. It's even shows that even though a lot of drivers say, like, oh, they don't, it's early in the season, don't care about points, don't look about points. Well, here shows why it's important to just mm -hmm. have that strong start because you don't want to get buried and then having to try and play catch up. Because right now it's it's going to be, there's a lot of catch up he's got to do to try and uh, be a championship contender by the end of the year. Definitely. Uh, as you mentioned, we are going to Skagit for three nights this upcoming weekend and Logan Schuhart. Swept there across two nights of racing back in 2019, the last time we were there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he is still that strong there or if someone else can contend with him. But I got to tell you, you look at night one of Skagit in 2019, and what an interesting podium. You've got Logan Schuhart winning, Craig Kinzer finished second, and Jason Solwald finished in third. Big name over in that area. He's yeah. uh, a Skagit uh driver. I'm trying to find the right word there and did not find it, so I'm just going <laughs> to stick with that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's uh, a pretty good talent over there. Um, wouldn't be, I'm sure he'll show up with uh, us again. Yeah, that would be very cool to see him uh, defend his home turf from our guys, uh, if he can. Um, I, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm cool with any local guys putting up a good showing. Just yeah, about anywhere in the battle. country outside of PA. Yeah, exactly. You know, we got to beat that posse. Yeah, it'll be fun when we get uh, those uh, West Coast guys uh, battling with us again. Honestly, I think uh, Justin Sanders will be pretty strong. Uh, he won in the West Coast 57 car with Paul Silva crew mm. chiefing for him. So it'll be interesting to see if they show up together and if they can dominate like Paul and Kyle do too. Yeah, Dom, uh, you know, when we get to California, Dominic Selzy has been very strong yeah. this year in California. Uh, Shane Golubic's always strong out there. Uh, came pretty close to a win in one of the prelim nights at the Gold Cup at Chico in 2019. So, um, very strong local competition when you get to the West Coast uh, to contend with. Uh, when you look at Saturday night of Skagit weekend a couple years ago, it's more of a normal 
podium that we're used to seeing. Logan, again, got the win, as we mentioned. He swept, and then Donnie Schatz finished second, Brad Sweet in third. Um, so we'll see what happens. It'll be fun. Uh, it'll be another, uh, definitely a busy week for uh, our crew again. I just said uh, the three nights of Skagit, then we go to Grace Harbor on Monday. A really nice track. Uh, Darren Pittman won there last year, I believe. So maybe we'll see if Casey Kane can get his first World of Outlaw win uh, in his home territory in Washington. Could you imagine how big that would be? I think that'd be huge. I think for him, fans, uh, you know, it's West Coast, so that's Roth Motorsports from the West Coast, California. So I think that'd just be a huge win for all of them in general. It'd be very, very cool. To Especially find. with the way their year's gone and what's everything that's happening. So yeah. I think that'd be a lot of fun for them. Yeah, it would be very, very cool. Uh, you can watch all of those races on Dirt Vision, of course, uh, with the Fast Pass. Whether you get yourself the annual version or the monthly version, uh, but of course, the annual is a, a, a one-time payment up front. And if you get it now, you will have access to the 2022 Knoxville Nationals, the 61st running of that event, included in your annual Fast Pass. Uh, it is worth noting. I, I, I mean. Of course, you want to watch everything live, but we know that the next uh, month or so, these races are late. So if you are an East Coaster or a Central Time Zone person and you know, you're just can't stay up that late to watch some of these races. Got work the next morning. Uh, we understand that. So if you don't know it by now, now is a good time to let you know that if you are a Fast Pass holder, you get first dibs at these races in the vault. They go into the exclusive section, the Fast Pass exclusive section of the Dirt Vision vault for about a week before they end up in the free vault. And usually they are available for viewing by the next morning. Uh, so, you know, wake up, have your morning coffee, maybe turn on the feature from the night before and uh, get yourself caught up on, on what you may have missed. Or just get yourself a NOS and stay up for it, too. That works, too. Either way. Uh, I mean, I I'm, I agree. That that works, too. That's the best way to take it in is is watch it all live uh, on Dirt Vision. Actually, that's not the best way. That's the second best way. The best way is to head to worldofoutlaws.com and get yourself some tickets to any of these races that are coming up if you are in the area. Because as we've said here before, uh, there is nothing like seeing a sprint car in person. There is nothing like seeing a World of Outlaws race in person. You just and heard it from Justin Marks, how he described it. It's, once you see it, you're hooked. It, yeah, you are absolutely hooked. You and, might want to start and, your own team one day, too. <laughs> you learn why it's called the greatest show on dirt it's called that for a reason so uh if you can head to worldofoutlaws.com get yourself some tickets if not make sure you're all set and ready to go with your dirt vision fast pass and uh that's pretty much it yeah i just thought all right if we had uh track house money who are you hiring as your driver uh geo selsley geo selsley oh that's a good pick yeah i would you know honestly we just mentioned it i think uh justin sanders would be pretty good mm. my Talk, talking about someone kind of from maybe a, a lower division bringing them up to something my second choice would probably be zeb wise yeah oh how about that crash over the weekend yeah that was glad, good, he, good, is glad okay. he is okay and that worked out well that was a little bit of a scary one uh another thing worth mentioning but that's not so scary uh how about at his home racetrack in his farewell season jack hoddenshield getting the victory at wayne county this weekend yeah that's fun to see uh especially him getting the win then sheldon backing it up with his own win too yeah uh, so kind of a, a fun hoddenshield winning weekend for that family yeah very very cool stuff and uh that's a happy note to end on i think yeah i think so that All was right. a good one yeah uh, good show, Nick. Yeah, I liked it. Good job, I, Rob. I thought it was pretty good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, until next week, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Hashtag open red.